This is a presentation of Northeast Streaming Sports. You're listening to TGI Sports Talk with your host, Keith Angle, on Northeast Streaming Sports. Keith Engel, TGI Sports Talks, College Football Huddle. I hope you're all doing well tonight. It's a little bit warm in the uh, studio tonight, so I hope you can't hear the fans too much uh, in the background. Try to turn down some of that. If you guys want to uh, make a comment on whether you can hear a lot of background noise, I'd love it. Good evening, Rick Sherlock. Good to have you in the room. First one in the room tonight. want to welcome everybody who will be watching on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, uh, live right now and later, not later, but tomorrow, we're, the, the show on Roku, by the way, will be moved to 11.30, 11.30 to 1 on Thursdays. It'll replay on Fridays. It'll replay on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and, and we'll have to shake it up once the football season starts because that Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday replay won't make a lot of sense when we've had a new slate of games, but uh, check that out. Get your Roku devices. Uh, we're doing really well over there. Got a no sh new show that's pretty much exclusive to Roku. Uh, started up uh, right here on Northeast Streaming Sports, Roku uh, uh, app, as I said. And my host, I am hosting that show, I should say, with my co-host, Mac McGrath. And uh, I mean, we've had Jamie Pegg filming in the last couple of days. But Mac is my co-host on that show. And we talk about all the news of the day, mostly. We do a little commentary on some of the stories. But... Mostly we're reporting on the news of the day. And, you, you know, we're diving deep in that show to speak to the stories. So tune in. Tonight, tonight's going to be a one-trick show pretty much, guys. Um, we're going to talk a lot. We'll get into some We'll get into some of the topics you want to talk about. But <clears throat> I'm going to have Jim Baringer on, who's uh, from the last word on hockey, of course, and fullpresshockey.com. But he's also one of our college football uh contributors here on uh, the college football huddle on TGI Sports Talk, and he'll be in. We'll talk about uh, the USC to uh, UCLA and USC to the Big Ten and a lot of the ramifications that are sure to come with that, both in the Big Ten. <laughs> I'm sorry, the Pac Big Ten, the Pac-12, the Big 12, uh, the, Ma the Mountain, how the ACC is going to survive, how is uh, – um, how is anybody going to survive this this nonsense that we're seeing? Listen, I, I, I've got very strong feelings that college football is shooting itself in the foot here. And we'll have Larry Sorensen on, uh, the Wake Forest color, color commentator, and we'll be having the same discussion with him. So we're going to talk a lot tonight about this topic. The Mad New Yorkers in the house. Good morning or good morning. Good grief. Good afternoon. Good evening. Whatever it might be, wherever you are. Carlos, we all got tricks. <laughs> I'm not sure what that means, but oh gosh, you know what? There's the world of college football is getting turned upside down, guys. As I said, that's this is pretty much going to be our, our topic tonight. We'll, we're going to try to come at it from some different angles. Uh, we'd love to get your guys' input. <clears throat> if you've got some topics you do want to talk about outside of this, we'll certainly do it. Um, we'll have a little time in between, Jim. 
uh, Beringer and, and uh, Larry Sorensen at 7.30 at the bottom of the hour. Um, and then we'll have a little time probably after we're done with Larry to tackle a few other topics in the world of college football. But the big story remains UCLA, USC, the latest round of realignment. You know, you know the maps, and I'll, I'll talk about this with, with the other, my guests tonight too, but the maps don't matter. Does a map even matter in college football anymore? Pac-12 was really the last place the maps even mattered. At least the league made some sense. No teams east of the Rocky Mountains, basically. At one time, it really was the Pac-8. Everything was along the Pacific coast, basically, till Arizona came in. But it was really the last bastion of, of, of true regional conference. Big 12 already stretched all the way to West Virginia. The Big 10 stretched from Wisconsin to New Jersey. Southeast Conference stretched to Texas. That's not southeastern part of the, uh, the United States, as far as I know. The ACC went all the way to Syracuse. That's not Tobacco Road. Now we've lost the last one. We'll get into this, uh, Carlos. Oregon's making play. Listen, right now there's all kinds of machinations in place. The Pac-12 and the Big 12, if they were smart, they'd probably find a way to bring those leagues together. But the Big 12 is talking to, and we'll dive into all of this, but the, the Big 12 is talking to Arizona, Arizona State. They're talking to Colorado and Utah. Now they're talking to Oregon and, and Washington. There's going to be a big race for Oregon and Washington. You may see the Big 10 jump into action and grab those guys before it's over. Then it's going to be what happens to the ACC. What happens to uh, the remainder of the Pac-12? Can they survive? Yeah, they're, they're they're more than whispers, Carlos. There's more than they're more than whiskers, whis whispers, more than whiskers. I I don't think the Big Ten's done though. I think, you know, here's the other thing too. So the Big Ten's still going to make these these. Uh, they're still going to make. I think approach, they're going to make approaches to Oregon and probably Washington. But what did this alliance, this is something I'll talk to Larry Sorensen about as well. You know, when the SEC expanded last year, there was all this, there was this alliance that was put together between the Big 12, the Big 10, and the ACC, where they would, where they would work together scheduling uh, better games potentially TV contracts down the road, keep each other abreast of potential movement. Well, the Big Ten apparently didn't see any need to honor this. You know, again, I don't know what was in writing or there's a gentleman's agreement or what it was, but they saw no reason to abide by it even a little bit. Because all, you know, the last six months, they've been out trying to get this to happen. 
Now, I know part of the agreement is that they wouldn't reach out to any other conference. Or I think teams in the conferences that we're talking about. So, again, I guess technically they didn't break it, the agreement, because they went to the PAC, the PAC-12. And if you are to believe the reports, then UCLA and USC reached out to the Big Ten. What do you got here, Carlos? Let me get this one first. Pac-12 is devolving. Yes, Pac-12. And by the way, this isn't like, this isn't a, a group of five conference. This isn't the Sun Belt. This isn't, it's not even the Big East. I mean, again, I talked on the Sunday show, uh, and I think I might have talked a little bit on our Friday show as well, the Are You Serious show, about the parallels between the Big East and the Pac-12 and what happened uh, to the remainder of those schools. And it could very well happen to these these schools in in the Pac-12. Um, and this isn't this is a this isn't even the Big East going away in football, guys. This is a pretty story football conference. USC, John McKay, many college uh, championships, many Heisman Trophy winners. Some maybe, you know, besmirched a little like OJ, but many, many other great players and great teams, you know, of a once great conference, which is now probably shot all to hell. Uh, let me just get through a couple more comments, and I see Jim Barringer's here, so we'll bring him in just a second. You feel like college football will have a bowl series prior to the season. Who knows what they're going to do? Like Maui Invitational, you know, where are they going to – as we have these super conferences, they're not going to be able to play extra games. PTI guys talked about Notre Dame having decisions to make on their show tonight. They do. And and we'll, we, we will talk to both Jim uh, Beringer and Larry Sorensen about that tonight. Uh, Jim will be our first guest that uh, we'll bring in here in just a second. Um, and by the way, guys, before I do that, because I almost forgot, Jim, bear with me one more second while I do something I have been promising to do. This week's shout-out group is to the football, I'm sorry, the College Football Universe group. Over 12,000 members, guys. Great. If you want to follow college football, this is a great place to uh, to do just that. And the, the admins over there do a great job, and they support the show, uh, the TGI Sports Talks College Football, and all my college vlogs very, very, very strongly. Uh, Cole Hodge, Nick uh, Taranik. Bob McClellan are the admins over there, and Joshua Hodge. There's probably some others that I'll, I'll miss. I apologize. Dustin McQuaid. A lot of these groups have a lot of admins, a lot of moderators, and I don't like to leave anybody out. Alan Patrick, Ivan Robinson, Terrence Hendricks. So thanks to them, and uh, thanks to all the groups that do uh, support the show, and we, we appreciate all that uh, help. But without further ado, let's bring in TGI Sports Talks uh, uh, man on college football when he's not on hockey, Jim Barringer. How are you, Jim? What's going on, Keith? How you doing? We're doing well. It's a little warm in the studio tonight, so I hope nobody can hear the fans blowing on me here. I'm going to turn into a sweat ball in front of everybody if I don't. Um, so, you know, obviously we have you on to talk about hockey a lot, but once we get to college football season and, and important topics, I like to bring you on the show because you are a man of – of great knowledge when it comes to the world of sports, especially the world of college football. So it looks like our show tonight is going to be dominated because later on I'll have Larry Sorensen on as well. We're going to talk about the only topic that seems important right now is the the total 
dissolvement of college football as we know it, as UCLA and, and USC, if you're living in a hole, has decided to jump to the Big Ten, leaving the Pac-12 floundering because there's six more teams ready to jump maybe to the Big 12, to the Big Ten. There's all kinds of things going on. Let's start with the with the obvious question. <laughs> I know where I stand. This is you think this is good for football in any way, shape, or form? No chance. It is not good for football. It's all about money. It's all about dollars. It's all about the playoff. And like I said on Sunday, but briefly, uh, you know, as we closed up talking about the, the hockey and, and we transitioned to this topic. You know, they care about the playoffs so much. They want to jump to all these new conferences and money and all this stuff. But when it comes down to it, if you don't make the playoffs, the kids don't care and they don't want to play. But to me, you're just losing a lot of rivalries. You're losing <clears throat> traditions. You know, Big Ten and Pac-12 always played against each other at the Rose Bowl. You know, the Rose Bowl was a big yeah. sticking point for this playoff thing. They want to have if, – if somehow the Rose Bowl can just be like the set national championship site, then I don't think they're going to have a problem with that. Um, but, you know, it's ridiculous now that, you know, you have all these teams jump and ship. And you can think about, you know, go back in the day when the Big East started losing teams to the ACC, like the Miami jumped over. Yeah. And then I believe like West Virginia left. And like all the big rivalries that you had there were gone. Now you're going to lose all these big rivalries in the Pac-12 gone. And now because what they want more exposure, the Big Ten's now coast to coast. I mean, I don't see how Rutgers getting annihilated by Ohio State, USC, UCLA, Michigan, Michigan State, Penn State. How do, I mean, does that do them any good? No, because now they lose out on more talent. Yeah. I mean, look at and I understand that it's a TV contract. So Big Ten has got a renegotiation coming up, which is going to be astronomical, obviously. But and they have their to, own network. Yeah, I, I, they do. And you talked about uh, at the top of the show, the regional aspect of this. To me, I've always said this, and I've said it so many times, people are probably tired of hearing me say it. College football is a regional sport with, with national appeal. And the regional the regionalness, if that's a word, of football, I think is important. And you don't even need a map anymore. The Pac-12 was the last, the last uh, conference that probably even you could have put a map to, because there was no teams west of the Rockies, and uh, and now it stretches all the way to New Jersey, as you said, and not the Pac-12. Yeah, I mean, the teams, the, the, the Big Ten, teams. the Big Ten's coast to coast now. They got wow. they got the New York market. Now they got the LA market, and then they got the Central market as well with the big schools. And like you said, the big. Um, well, Maybe. Carlos, I said this Sunday. I think the and I've told Keith this off the air. I think the big, the best thing for Rutgers is to go backwards. To be yeah. honest, if they want to have a competitive team and they want to play, they should go backwards. Maybe a lot of these schools and these lesser conferences are going to have to form their own conference or go backwards, and it may benefit them, you know, moving forward because of you know they're just going to get annihilated. I mean, you can't have. There's no more. There's no more room. Now, with what's going on in college football for cupcake schedules, there's no more, there's no room for it. No more playing Chattanooga, no yep. more playing this team, that team. You have a conference of 24 teams, you're playing hard football every week for 12 weeks. That's it. And you know what? And while that's a, probably a good thing because, you know, there's no cupcakes for the power teams, but it's a bad thing for the Chattanoogas and the teams who are getting a payday out of this. Yeah. At least. 
and so that in, in that sense, I think it's a bad thing uh, for those for those schools. Who are they going to play? They got to play each other, and they got no, no shot at a playoff when they can't play any of these top teams, right? No, nobody's going to have a shot at the playoffs when all these teams are grabbing up um, these playoff spots and super conferences of twenty-four teams with the SEC. It's funny, all this stuff's going to happen before Texas and Oklahoma play a game in the in, in the SEC. Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked if that gets moved up now. By the way, because no, absolutely, yeah, SEC is up to bat when it comes to that because I don't think they want to get beat to the punch. No, um, they made the big announcement. Oh, we're going to take Texas and Oklahoma, but it's not going to happen till twenty twenty five. I think there's going to be a buyout somewhere, and I think it's the start of the twenty twenty three or twenty twenty four season, you're going to see Texas Oklahoma playing in the SEC. I got you know what you may see even more teams than that in the SEC or the Big Ten. What happens? In your mind, and I'm going to talk a lot there to uh, uh, Larry Sorensen after uh, your spot here, um, but I want to get your take, obviously, too. I mean, I feel like we're heading towards two super conferences. Maybe one other one can survive. I don't know who it's going to be. Somebody's <laughs> got to go get Notre Dame. Big Ten, I guarantee you, is zeroing in on Notre Dame right as we speak. And Notre Dame is is the one ship that – I mean, look at they're not going to the Pac 10, 12. Don't no. And again, they're not going to the Big 12. They're, it's either the ACC goes all in and finds a way to get Notre Dame in that league, or the Big 10 gets the big dog in Notre Dame. And they get them for all the sports. It's and not they get them for all the sports. Yeah. And it's not just, oh, well, I'm independent for football, but everybody else in the ACC. No, this is full on. If Notre Dame goes, it's going to be full on to either the Big 10 or or the ACC, and I they, they have a little bit more connection to the Big Ten uh, because of the Michigan game, the Michigan State game, games like that, plus the rivalry with USC now. So I could see, you know, that being a factor in them going to the Big Ten. However, their, one of their better seasons was when they were in the ACC, they were considered for the playoff, and I think that's going to that's going to that has to help them because they have to get into a conference now. Unless they run the table as an independent and play a really good schedule, it's going to be hard for them to make the playoff because it just everybody is looking at conference championships. And as you said, regional sport, right? You know, you had California, you knew the re- regional rivalries, you knew what it was down south, you knew where it was in the middle. You know, East Coast, we knew what games we were looking for. It's a regional sport with national yeah. appeal because of the big name teams that are always doing good. Exactly. You know, and listen, Alan, I talked about this Friday, and I'll show Carlos's comment. You know, I talked about it Sunday as well. USC is a storied football program, guys. They, they, it didn't start with Pete Carroll, and, and this is what uh, Carlos's uh, comment is. Look, at, maybe their popularity has fallen in recent years, but this is a storied football program. John McKay, O.J. Simpson, Charles White, Marcus Allen, I can keep on going this is a great football program, guys. This is not chopped liver. This is why the Big Ten wanted them. They didn't want them because, you know, they were uh, Arizona State. Yeah, exactly. You're not taking Arizona State to, to the Big Ten if you want. But the thing is for me is, like, like you said, USC is a story franchise. Look, yeah, they might have had a, at the height of popularity under Pete Carroll and, and all that, you know, with the Reggie Bushes and the Matt Liners and that team. But they're starting to come back, and I think with Lincoln Riley there, I think they're going to be a better team this year, and they've made progress. <laughs> That's why they want them. That's why they want UCLA. They want that L.A. market. 
But the issue is for me, one of the big things is going to be travel. I mean, we see the National Hockey League all the time. They look at yeah. one of my favorite sports. You know, there's teams on the West Coast that got to play those Central Division teams, man. That travel is tough, man. To go out there and make that schedule, you know, it, it, it's tough to do. You even seen in the NFL too. You know, late, like, you know, the early those uh, West Coast teams coming East, man, with the early games, those are tough. So you're gonna you're gonna see that NFL kind of thing go into a lot of this now with these with these kids because they're only playing one day on a Saturday and the travel starts Thursday. Yeah, and 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 the other thing is the fans. You know, college football. A lot of these big programs, the fans travel really well, and that's going to be very hard to go from California to New Jersey. I don't think teams. You know, a lot of the the alumni is going to do that. No, I mean, it's even going to be tough to go. I mean, they'll probably make their way out to Ohio State and stuff like that. But are they going to go to Northwestern? You know, are they going to go to Nebraska and stuff like that? It's definitely easier to go up the coast uh, for sure to go up to, like, Washington, Washington State games, Oregon especially. You know, all those games were uh, – those were special games to watch because they were they were big. You know, I don't necessarily agree with nobody cares about uh, USC outside of California. You may not care, Carlos. People care about the University of Southern California. They just do. It's Again, it is one of the great, great college programs in football in the history of college football. It's like Notre Dame. You either root for them or you root against them. They're they're a top ten program in the history of college football, without a doubt. Without yeah, a doubt. easily without a doubt, without a doubt, top ten. Easily. And I will tell you, as Alan talks about here, somewhere he had something here about the TV contract. Now, I'll be honest with you, I don't understand. It's not a good contract. I understand. No. It. I think USC and uh, USC or, or USC and UCLA are, are are set to get with the Big Ten. I don't know, thirty five million plus, maybe. Right. But, and the Pac-10, 12 teams, I think, get about 19. But they're talking about renegotiating their contract early. How are you going to do that? Who's going to give you a better contract than you have now when you just lost two of the marquee programs in your conference and you're about to lose more? You're not going to – no, but they're not going to renegotiate their TV contract. No, they'll be lucky if they get a good TV contract. They may have to go like what the NHL did, go on OLN for a little bit. You know, outdoor, <laughs> I don't even think it exists anymore, but – Still, I mean, it's tough because, you know, look, a lot of good Pac-12 football. The problem is, you know, they always say Pac-12 after dark because it's late. Um, I know they've been trying, like, Fox has put on some early games on Saturdays. But, I mean, that's still like 9 o'clock, nine o'clock on the West Coast. I mean, it, like, that's even tough for those teams to get ready to go for, like, a 12 o'clock start. So, I mean, they definitely have to get a better time slot um, to go with these TV deals. But the problem is, is, like, as we've seen over the last couple of years, Pac-12 isn't really that relevant in regards to TV well, because their programs aren't that great. Yeah, but the big, but the Big Ten now has got it wrapped up. They've got they've got the TV on Saturday wrapped up from noon until you know ten o'clock at night. So does the SEC. They both do. The yeah. SEC has its own network. Yeah. Big Ten has its own network. SEC is still on CBS. Uh, you have ABC picking up games. ESPN, both of them, like a million channels have games. So everybody's got, you know, football from like noon to midnight now. Yeah. And I will say, Carlos, again, this team is not top 25 historically. It's top 10 easy. And there are five-star guys out there. One of the best wide receivers in the country transferred from Pittsburgh to USC. So don't tell me the kids in the East Coast won't go out there. They will. A lot of, guy, a lot of guys left New Jersey to go USC. And guess what? You know what? I don't. 
you know, I bash Lincoln Riley a little bit, and Allen does because he left his, uh, you know, one of his favorite schools at Oklahoma. I get it. But Lincoln Riley's good coach. Lincoln Riley's going to get five-star guys out there to USC. It's only a matter of time. You know, he brought his own quarterback out there with him. He gets one of the best wide receivers in the country. He'll do well. Yeah, he definitely will do well. Yeah, and listen, the recruiting thing, this is the thing, too. I mean, it will get easier now that they're in the Big Ten. (laughs) USC's recruiting just got much easier. They got all the Midwest open to them, all the East Coast, even – even, you know, it, it, I guarantee you they'll bring some teams in from down south, too. Watch out for Clemson. We talked about Notre Dame. I don't know if they don't have an out because they have this agreement that I'll have to get them with Larry, uh, that the that the ACC teams cannot leave no. uh, until their contract. So I believe until their contract with the TV networks expire, which is like 10 years from now. They're locked into one of the worst contracts out there. But Clemson's another – they're, they're – Look, Clemson's another domino that could really affect this whole thing. Where they go, where Notre Dame goes, I think is going to affect the balance of the SEC and Big Ten powers. I think Clemson, if there's a place that it goes, it's going to be the SEC. They're not going to Big Ten. It's a more natural fit, but one place the, the Big Ten doesn't have a, any kind of presence right now Carolinas. is the Southeast. They could yeah. bring in the yeah, but don't you think Clemson is a better fit for the Big Ten than say either one of the Carolina teams? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it would be I think it would be better for I think it would be better for Clemson to go to Big Ten, but I also think it's better for them to go to SEC because it's a natural fit. You got rivalries there with teams they've played it in championship games, so you could easily get that going again. Again, but where as I said off the top, where does this leave like some of the the bottom teams in, in these conferences. I mean, they're just going to get shellacked all the time. What about like Vanderbilt, Tennessee, like teams like that? Like what, what's going to happen to those teams? What well, about, what about teams that were building programs like Mississippi all of a sudden? And then what about like what we see in, in the big 10 with the Iowa's like, what are they doing? Minnesota roll that boat, you know, like what are they doing there? I think, um, you know, that's going to definitely hurt them because, you know, they're, they're making progress and make the division and the conferences better. I mean, how is the Big Ten going to even split this up now? I mean, Big Ten West and Big Ten East. I mean, obviously the SEC, obviously those two Pac-12 teams are going to be probably with Wisconsin and Nebraska, you would think, right? You would th- yeah, we think so, definitely, yes. And good evening, Mickey Delaney. Good to see you. We haven't seen much of you. We are talking about – Mickey's from uh, – uh, the Northwest uh, out there in Washington. So your team's going to be the next one to watch out for. One of the next ones to watch out for, Mickey. He's a he's a Husky fan. So uh, you know what else? What else did I want to ask you about before I let you go? So um, I mean, it's going to be crazy to see what happens too with the Big Twelve. Let's see if they rate it. if the if they decide to raid six teams from the Pac twelve. Pac twelve's done. Like there's there's going to be no more teams. Yeah, the rest of them will have to find a home because they're not. It doesn't matter who they bring in. What's the point of bringing in, you know, eight Mountain West teams? You might as well go join the Mountain West, right? I mean, exactly. So I, I don't know. I, what do you think happens? This. What do you think the first thing that'll happen here is it going to be these six teams go to the? Because listen, if the Big Twelve does find a way to get Washington and Oregon, Utah, and then maybe the Arizona teams, if they make it happen. They could, they could, they're not going to be as good as the SEC or the Big Ten, but they might make a case to at least hang around as a relevant conference on these, as these other teams head towards super conference territory. Yeah, I think so. I mean, look, you know, survival of the fittest right now. I mean, 
I've assumed you know, Big Ten and and the SEC are going to survive. It's going to be, is the ACC going to survive? Is the Big 12? We know Big 12 is bringing in teams like Cincinnati. Um, I believe, and, and I believe they're bringing a couple other teams as well uh, soon. And then, you know, if they can bring in those six Pac-12 teams, look out. They're going to be just as good as the Big Ten or SEC, not as, you know, with the name power, but there's going to be a lot of good football. I mean, Oklahoma State, you know, Baylor, you got Texas Tech down there. You know, Cincinnati comes in. You know, yeah. you have a lot of good teams. You're the Oregon's, you know, stuff like that. I mean, that's that's what's going to happen. I mean, you know, it's going to be weird to see all this alignment, but I think this is where we're headed, and it's unfortunate because the game, it was such in a good place. The rivalries were there. Conference play mattered, but I guess, you know, when you say champ conference championships really don't matter, then guys are just going wherever they want just to get in the playoff and get the money. Yeah, and the only teams that will be eligible for the playoff are going to be the 24 teams that play in these two big conferences. If the Big 12 doesn't get Oregon and the Big 10 does, I think that's it. Yeah. Lights out for the Big 12. That's 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 the end game for them because they're not getting Notre Dame. If, if, if the Big Ten isn't done and they and before this is all over, they get Oregon, they get Washington, they get Notre Dame, and somebody else gets started here, that's it. That's it. Then everybody else has got to find a home. It's going to be two conferences. The ACC is going to not be able to survive either with, with what they have. I mean, maybe you can merge the ACC and the Big 12 into something. Well, maybe, but yeah, well, they already they were one of the first leagues to really screw up the whole map when they brought West Virginia into the the Big Twelve, right? So yeah, they brought yeah the West Virginia leaves the SEC to go to the Big Twelve, and then that started a whole line of things that didn't make sense. Um, but I got hey. I got, th- I got a couple questions, yes or no, before I let you go. Yeah, it's twenty twenty four. Yep. Does the Big Ten have more teams joining it by then than just the two that are moving that we know about? Yeah. Yes? Yeah. Is Notre Dame in a conference in 2024? They better be. Does the Pac-12 exist in 2024? No. No. No Pac-12. I mean, I'm joking and laughing here, but the way it's headed, I don't think they're being – I don't think they're surviving. And I guess lastly, <laughs> is there anybody in the college football playoff in 2024? Is it is the college football still four teams in 2024? And does anybody get in but Big Ten and SEC schools? That's two questions, I guess. Uh, the the playoff still exists because of the TV contract that's still in play because they don't want to fix it. And it will only be comprised of Big Twelve, I mean Big Ten and SEC teams. So, yes. There you go. There you go. All right. Well, Jim, listen, we're going to have lots to talk about. Uh, I was wondering what we were going to talk about all summer. I got a feeling there's going to be more shoes to drop here as the weeks I mean, go by. It's it's no, crazy, man. It's crazy. I, I guess yeah, the landscape is completely changing. It feels like we're, we're headed towards minor league football. That's the feeder system for the NFL right now. Yeah, that's where Carlos wants to go, probably. So that's probably perfect for him. So anyway, yeah. Jim, thanks for coming in tonight. And uh, we'll see you. We'll see you soon. We'll talk soon, and we'll have you back on here, too, to talk college football as well as hockey. Not tonight, but you know what I mean. Yeah, I know what you mean. No, absolutely. Always a pleasure jumping on, talking college football, bringing a different knowledge uh, for the fan base out there, for people keeping intrigued. Obviously, you know, everybody that stuck with us, uh, you know, 
for the National Hockey League coming up on Sundays. We appreciate that. And, you know, we'll get back at it, you know, real quick. I know it's a college football show, but okay. um, plug it, plug NHL, it, ske- NHL schedule dropped today. Uh, new schedule for next year, NHL draft, free agency next week. So still lots of going on before we hit the the button where we just say, all right, that's it for now. And then we'll see you later. <laughs> And we'll get some of that information from Jim Beringer on our Sunday stream of consciousness show for sure. Thanks, Jim. All right. Well, have a good one. You have a good rest of your night. Have a great night. You t- Jim Beringer from the, la- from the last word on hockey, but he's our last word on college football tonight. Not our last word. We got Larry Sorensen coming in. Let me get to some of the other comments here. I know I've been, I've been trying to jump around here. Oh, gosh. Let me see what I missed a little bit before we get. Larry ought to be in about 745, and we're going to go. We're going to have the same conversation, guys. So, And there'll be maybe more of an, an ACC tilt uh, with Larry. Uh, Mad New York Airlines, uh, ter- terrible selling. But, you know, since when? The Raiders left because they didn't belong in L.A. Rams left? Uh, I don't know. Dodgers draw? How come baseball draws? How come basketball draws? We already talked about that. We already talked about that. What else we got going on here? It's not how we left it. Oh, I missed this one. Oh, I understand. No, and you have, listen, you have a good, uh, and Carlos backs up your point here, Alan. I understand. I understand the way he left was not pretty. The fact that he you know, he left the way he did, didn't necessarily talk to his team. Not pretty. He wasn't even going to tell his players he was leaving. I understand all that. But the fact remains, he's a pretty good coach. There's Mickey Delaney again. Hello, Mickey. Uh, USC does improve, but the talk isn't about this season. It's about being competitive in a new conference. Well, I understand that. Um. I'm trying to think of the context we've got this question in, Carlos, or this comment, but USC is a very important entity in the world of college football. Always has been. It ebbs and it has ebbed and flowed through the years. So is Alabama, by the way. Just check out some of the years Alabama had in between Bear Bryant and Nick Saban. One national championship under Gene Stallings and a bunch of really bad teams under a bunch of really bad coaches. So don't think that, you know. Teams don't have ups and downs and peaks and valleys, and it's not just USC. There's been, uh, you know, two decades where Alabama was mostly ir- irrelevant, even in the SEC. Big Twelve would have to go to eighteen games. You know, and how are you going to play that? I mean, the schedules are going to be a nightmare. And as Jim said, non-conference games could be a thing of the past for these big conferences. New commissioner that was a huge marketing uh, background. It'll help. You were talking about the Big 12, yes. The Big 12's in trouble. I'm telling you. To me, they've got to find a way to get Oregon and Washington. It'll be nice if they get Utah, Colorado, and the Arizonas. But if they don't get Oregon and Washington, it's going to be lights out. They're not going to be able to compete with what the SEC and the Big Ten is going to put out there. Minor league for the NFL. Really wonder who talks about that. I know, I know. I gave you, I gave you props. I think uh, Carlos did. I not. 
Fred's got a new defender. We'll talk about that on the hockey show on Sunday. I don't know. Larry will be in a little bit. Let's see what else is going on. We're going to, we'll dive back into this. You guys can tell me what kind of topics you want to talk about outside of this, or you can continue this conversation. Let me see what I got up on my little board here. Uh, I had something I want to get at. So what's going on with the realignment? Big 12 on the offensive. Listen, listen, talking about the big 12. This is the first time they've had the chance to play offense here. They've always played defense. And back in 2012, they lost uh, Texas A&M. And, uh, and uh, who else did they lose? Missouri and, and a few other teams to the SEC. Well, then they had to go find teams to replace them. That's when they brought in the TCUs. And now, and it happened again last year, they're playing defense. They got to go out and find teams to replace Oklahoma and Texas. This is the first time the Big 12, with a new commissioner coming in August 1st, and probably would help some help from the old one, gets to play some offense now. They can go after and be the player here and try because there's a big race going to be between the, the Big 12, the ACC, maybe the Pac 12 to be number three behind the Big Ten in the SEC. And who's ahead right now? Let's just assume we're, we're, we're at a place where Oklahoma and Texas are in the SEC, USC and, and uh, UCLA have moved to the Big Ten. SEC's probably still got an advantage, correct? Which is why the Big Ten's not done. Big Ten, as Carl, Carlos said earlier, definitely going after Oregon. Most likely going after uh, Washington as well. And the big dog in this whole thing, guys, and it will have to happen. Because Notre Dame's not going to be able to schedule any of these teams that play in these conferences, most likely. Notre Dame's going to have to join a conference. I saw somewhere earlier, and it might have been Rick put it up. Sorry, I missed it. That you know, I'll try to find it real quick. It's Carlos got here. All that Nike money and added TV contracts. Listen, the TV contract for the Big Ten is going to be through the roof. It's going to be close to NFL money. And forget about the Big Ten network. Think about the, the network that signs a deal with the Big Ten. They're going to be able to schedule football games from noon on Saturday until 10 o'clock at night. Every three hours. I want to find this comment. I thought it was Rick that put it up. And if you did, Rick, uh, I mean, it was Alan. Alan, no, Notre Dame would have to drop out of the ACC and all the other sports to make any kind of jump. Absolutely, they would. Joining the ACC might be the easiest move. <coughs> Excuse me, uh, Alan, but I don't, I don't know if it's the smartest move. We'll see what Larry Sorensen thinks about this coming up. But I think, listen. ACC is probably do or die with Notre Dame. Big Ten's probably do or die with Oregon and Washington. ACC probably needs more than Notre Dame. They're going to have to find a way to – I don't know where they're going to go for these schools. they got to find a way to keep Clemson home and get Notre Dame in. This maybe was Carlos. Notre Dame's one of the few teams that can always stand alone and mess up the rankings. They can't always stand alone. They can right now. 
how they their 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 rivalry with USC is about to come to an end. I guarantee you, they're not going to be able to, to survive this. This rivalry will not be able to continue once USC gets into a, a league with what sixteen teams. How many is going to be there? There's an eight. I don't even know what it is. Let's look. Big Ten. Right now, two, four, six, eight, nine. They get, wait a minute, two, four, six, seven. My, my Perth education got the best of me. 14 teams right now, 16 when USC and UCLA join. I mean, if you if you play three, five, five, if you do away with the, the conferences, which they probably will have to do, or they move somebody to the east. Maybe they keep their conferences intact. I don't know. I, I doubt it. That's not the, the the trajectory we're taking in college football. Conferences are moving away from the divisions and moving into, you know, uh, the three five five or whatever schedule. I mean, they, they couldn't even do that. They could they could do three. If they had sixteen teams, they'd have to do three. I can't do the math, guys. Three. How many teams are left? <laughs> counting themselves four. There'd be 12 more teams. They'd have to do three, six, six to get everybody to play everybody every two years. What's that leave? At least two non-conference games. Three non-conference games. I guess it'll work, but what about when you get to 18 or 20 or 24? Oh, what do you got here, Rick? You know, I don't know. It's not well. They can because they're bringing in the money. If they want to win national championships and compete for national championships, Rick, they got to be able to schedule. You know, and if 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 in in two years, and I don't know when Notre Dame's TV schedule runs out. If anybody has that information, uh, share it with me, please. Um, they may have trouble getting that bigger contract again. And come 2024, they're going to have trouble scheduling. They're already going to lose USC off their schedule. They're going to lose. They usually play a Big Ten team every year. They got Ohio State this year. They played Michigan many, many a year. They're not going to be able to play those games. You can't play all the armies and all the navies in in Stanford and Purdue. Well, Purdue they're going to lose. That's pretty much a perennial opponent for uh, Notre Dame. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they'll schedule more games in college football. I don't think that's good for the game either. I mean, we're already up to you know with the with the championship games, right? Fifteen, uh, fourteen, max. Just not a good situation, guys. Any other news to talk about quickly besides this before we go back to this topic with our uh, our favorite color analyst, uh, Larry Sorensen? I didn't get a reply back from Larry, uh, Larry when I sent his uh, link today, but hopefully Larry will be with us in just a bit. Um, we got some news. We already got 20 foot, 20. We're already starting to get rankings on a 2024 recruiting class, by the way. I know that Miami, well, let's just talk about, I can't get away from this topic. If the Pac-12 
let's just say, for argument's sake, they find a way to keep Oregon and Washington. They can't really effectively replace USC and UCLA. They can raid the big or the Mountain West, but while there's some decent football teams there, they're not of the caliber of USC and UCLA. Boise State, good program. Not teams that are going to help you when you win games, go to bowl games. Oregon, that's why Oregon can't stay in Washington, really. I mean, Washington's gotten to a playoff game out of the Pac-12. But with what's going to be there, and you're going to bring in Boise State, and you know they may be joining the group of five. They might be group of six and a power four for now and power two later on. Because Oregon could run the table in the Pac-12 and, and and maybe not sniff a 14 playoff. <laughs> well, I know you want to agree with Carlos now and again, stay on his good side. By the way, I'm having trouble with the Army tickets, but that's for another story because I, I forgot. I, I can't go October 1st. There's a baby on the way, not mine a grandbaby on the way and I've been told I cannot be away on October 1st there's a baby due so now we're down to to uh whatever other date I came up with uh, it was I think uh Texas San Antonio early in September keep trying keep trying and we'll go from there but I think without further ado I did mention to you guys you know obviously this topic is not going to go away and to talk about it from the other side of the country and from a conference that this move and, and I think the, 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 the trickle down effect or trick or the ripple effect up even uh, will have a, all across the country. I think Larry's Sorensen, our next guest, his team, uh, Wake Forest in the ACC will be greatly affected and we want to get his take on that as well. So let's welcome Mr. Larry Sorensen tonight. Good evening, Larry. How are you? Good, Keith. How are you doing tonight? Great to have you in, as always, and a little different uh, topic than we often talk about because with all the news, <laughs> with all the news, I guess we have talked about this topic, but it's really important, I think, to the ACC uh, as it is to all the conferences now. With UCLA and, and, and USC making this move to the Big Ten, and from the looks of it, mainly be not done, the question becomes what happens to if in fact the Big Ten and the SEC become these super conferences, which are seem to be trying to build, what happens to the ACCs of the world and the Big Twelves of the world? And what do you think about this? Well, Let's start with what do you think about the move in general from a football standpoint as a fan? Well, the the problem that I see with it is that that's all we're looking at is football. Yeah. And it affects so much more beside that. You know, how does the Illinois coach feel about taking his baseball team to USC for Great three point. days. Well, now, now it means you're leaving school on Wednesdays and, you know, tickets out of class for extra days. And, and I will say from the get-go, travel's brutal. That The travel going from the West Coast to the East Coast and the jet lag and everything else, that was one of the most underrated aspects I thought of professional baseball when I was playing is what it does to you. If expect your kid to take a red eye Sunday night 
and get back at five in the morning on Monday morning and be in class at eight thirty is, I think, pretty unrealistic. And yeah. so I, I worry about those little things. It's a money grab. I mean, clearly, it's just a money grab. Let's get the biggest market. Uh, they can make more money. The conference can make more money. Let's try that. I just don't see how they can leave the two schools out there by themselves on an island without bringing in a, a larger West Coast presence. Yeah, I think I think it's a matter of time before Oregon and Washington go that way myself, unless the Big 12, just, just to stay in that part of the country for a minute. Earlier, I was talking about the fact that, you know, there's there's a couple of moves that could save the Big 12, could save the ACC. I don't think there's any hope for the Pac-12. I think they're no longer going to be a power conference, I don't think. I don't see how they can save it. I don't. I Big, agree with that. Yeah, for the Big 12, they've got to find a way to get Oregon and Washington, in my mind. The, getting the Arizonas, the Arizona states are nice, but I don't think that's going to cut it. And for uh, the Big Ten, uh, the Big Ten or the ACC, it's going to get Notre Dame is what's going to maybe tilt that. Whether the ACC survives might hinge on Notre Dame. Well, in my opinion, Notre Dame is uh, is in the catbird seat right now, oh. and every everything is just on hold until they figure out what they're going to do. And uh, you know, the grant of rights. Is a is a huge factor in the ACC because explain you have that. to leave your. Can well, you essentially, what they did was they signed a contract through 2036, and through 2036, a few years back, all the ACC schools agreed to leave their TV money for the conference if they bolted from the conference. Right. And and so that uh, you know last year I think I believe it was 36 million dollars. 36 or 38 million dollars that each ACC school got and the Big Ten if I read correctly was only 46 was only about 10 million more now it's <laughs> that, that might next go way TV up contract it's yeah. that next TV contract for the big team that is going to be the killer because that word starts with a B yeah and of course if they keep that ease and if you get up to 18 or 20 teams now you're cutting your shares down again but uh, it's it's an interesting interesting time. So with the, uh, you know, with the agreement that the teams have, if somebody wanted to leave, let's just say for sake of argument, Clemson wanted to leave the ACC to go to the SEC. What is it going to cost them money? They got to buy out the contract. What do they have to do? My understanding is you buy the contract out. My understanding is it stays until 2036. Gotcha. That was, that's the reading that I had on it. And, um, you know, that's a long time to just say, OK, here's 50 million dollars. Well, yeah, you can make that up in one year if you're getting 100 million dollars from the Big Ten when they sign their new contract. But my my read the the way it was explained to me is that it continues each year. <laughs> so let's 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 stick with the ACC in this whole thing. I mean. In the grand scheme of things, it sure looks to me like come 2024. The SEC and the Big Ten are going to have maybe 20 teams, possibly. I, I think that's about right. And, you know, to me, I grew up in the Midwest. I grew up in Detroit. So Michigan State were an hour away from where I grew up. And, and so I grew up in Ohio State was three hours away. So I grew mm -hmm. up with those solid rivalries, the close-by rivalries, were what made everything so much fun. You know, is this is Ohio State week. You know, this is Michigan State week. And and you geared yourself for the whole week towards that football game on Saturday. Well, you know, Indiana USC just doesn't uh, 
tickle me no. too much. You know? No, no. And, and I think that that's the one area that that college football in particular and college sports in general has is that everything was a regionalized area. And so you saw the same people over and over and over again. And, and you built up and, and it was the water cooler talk. You know, it was it was being able to go into work the next day and, and see the guy that went to NC State and brag about what Wake Forest did to him on right. Saturday or on Tuesday or whatever. And, you know, now you call your cousin on the West Coast to say, hey, we beat UCLA. You know, <laughs> it just doesn't have the same cachet to me. You know, I start at the top of the show, I was saying that, you know, maps are irrelevant in college football now. Yeah. And the Pac-12 was probably the last bastion of, you know, a regional uh, conference because it didn't go any further right. east than the Rocky Mountains, at least. But, you know, now that's going to have to come to an end because if they are going to survive, they're going to have to reach out well past. Well, they, they, even if they stay in the Mountain West, they're going to get into the, you know, start to get into the Midwest. And I don't think that, look at the Pac, I don't think, to me, once Oregon and Washington go, and I think it's only a matter of time, Pac-12 is history. I mean, even if they bring in teams from Mountain West and teams from the AAC, wherever they bring them from, it's not going to be a power conference. We're going to have a group of six and a group of four, maybe a group of four. I don't know. Is around where it is. But you know what's funny, too, is that uh, is that we're doing all this, and it really is just about TV markets. Yeah. It's not, you know, that's the, it's not about how good your teams are. Will they be able to compete in another conference? Uh, and and again, I'll stick. I know Wake Forest the best, so I'll stick with them as an example. Yeah. Wake yeah. Forest has the third longest bowl streak in the conference, behind uh, Virginia Tech and Clemson. Okay, uh, they won the Atlantic Division last year, played in the championship game. But if this realignment all comes about, and you start looking at television markets. They're going to get put into a group of five type conference, you know, yep. absolutely a lesser conference, just because they don't play in a big enough TV market and, and haven't done it for a long, long period of time. But if you look at where people are right now, you know, it, it's a little bit different story as far as being competitive inside the conference. And who wants to have a 20 team conference where you can look at it and say these two of these three teams are going to be playing in the championship game and feel comfortable saying that that's the way it's going to be. Yeah, and I think it's a shame for schools like Wake Forest who who have a really good tradition in, in the ACC, uh, you know, not just in football, but in basketball and the baseball you've co you've covered, obviously. And, you know, they're going to, as you said, there's no there's no guarantee they even end up in a conference with their natural rivals. Um, no, and even and even with the way even with the way the ACC has realigned it with the three, five, five, where you have three natural opponents yeah. every year, and then you flip-flop uh, with the other five. You no, know, it still takes away the, for example, the North Carolina State-Wake uh, Forest um, rivalry, which has been going on for over 100 years. Yeah, that's not one of their three uh, uh, rivals, is it? Uh, no, I can't it's Virginia, Virginia Tech, Georgia Tech, and Duke. Who made the choices on this? I, you know, as I as I looked through this and I saw, said to myself, who actually decided who these natural rivals were, whatever they call them? Um, because I would have thought North Carolina State had to be on that list for Wake Forest. Yeah, you would have thought because it is one of the longest lasting rivalries in the in the nation. You would have thought that it would have gotten a lot of con consideration, but it came down to you know the brands. Really, it came down to marketing more than anything, you know, Clemson, Florida State, 
North Carolina, um, and Virginia probably. Virginia Tech, our Virginia Tech over Virginia are probably your four top national brands. And yeah. so it's let's take care of those guys first. Let's go to our next tier and, and take care of that. And let's see what we've got left. And, you know, the Wake Forest folks always say, well, we start with W, so we're last in the alphabet. And so they say what's left by the time we get down to W as we do this alphabetically. But uh, a lot of time and consideration, and you can't make everybody happy. You know, Clemson, uh, Clemson's natural three opponents are not probably the exact three that they would have picked either. So you give a little, you take a little, and you try to balance it out. But somebody ends up always getting uh, the shaft a little bit. Yeah. And as far as, um, you know, the alignments or realignments of, of conferences, the ACC – I mean, other than possibly Notre Dame, because they're locked into this TV contract, as you said, for 10 more years or more than that, 15, or what is it? yeah, 13 years, Until 36. Yeah. I can't do the math. I went to Perth, Rick, Rick Sherlock. <laughs> 14 years. You know, it's somewhere around 14 years. Um, so they're locked into that contract. You're not going to be able to, to solidify your league. You can't do what the Big Ten's doing, the SEC's doing. You can't go get Ole Miss and – or Mississippi State, or, or some of these schools to go from the SEC, or even Big Ten teams to come into the conference, because the money's not going to be there with these contracts that they've got now. It, you're right, and you can't keep doing this over and over and over again either, because then yeah. then you're just totally losing your loyalists completely. You know, the ACC and the Big Ten in particular, and the Pac-12 to a certain extent, have really always prided themselves on their academic institutions as well. Yeah. And I, that that just seems to be, we're getting to the point where we'll make a super conference and we're going to have six really good academic schools and we'll say, well, look, we still got these guys, you know. Yeah. So now, um, you know, you're looking at different ranking systems and and everything else. So it's it's a cluster right now, Keith. It really is. And it's got it's got to shake out pretty quickly. I mean, do you think Notre Dame, there's a realistic chance the ACC can get Notre Dame? Or is it, I mean, to me, the Big 12 has always felt like a better fit, a natural fit for Notre Dame. But maybe that's not the same, uh, the same thing today. See, to me, I always thought their profile fit with the Big 10 yeah. pretty well. You know, being in South Bend, and uh, which is now what the Big Sixteen, or are we keeping the Big Ten? Oh no, we don't know? need to do math either. Either it'll be the Big Ten. We are, <laughs> you know, they haven't had ten teams in twenty years, so uh, so I guess we'll keep calling it the Big Ten when it's twenty teams. But uh, <laughs> but you know, I always thought that their profile fit pretty well there. It also fits the ACC pretty well, and they've been competing in the ACC for a pretty long time now in the other sports. <laughs> Yeah. And it's worked out very well for them, you know. Yeah. And this year, with with their baseball team going to the College World Series and having a great showing, um, you know, that's really kind of slotted them in towards an ACC profile. So there's Rick. There's Rick uh, commenting on my math and Kenny spelling, but he, well, he did spell your name right, so <laughs> he got. Yeah, it was that. my parents that spelled my name wrong. Well, you know. We can't, we can't pick our parents, you know. I mean, yeah. what are we going to do? By the way, I did notice. Is that a Michigan shirt you're wearing tonight? It is, as a matter of fact. Okay. I just, uh, yeah. are, are you <laughs> trying to maybe get Wake Forest into the Big Big Ten somehow tonight? <laughs> Any way that you can. No, actually, I uh, I was recently up in uh, in Ann Arbor. My college baseball coach passed away. Oh, I'm sorry to hear and, that. Yeah, and so uh, a group of actually 62 players went up and had a uh, before the Rutgers game, in fact, 
which still sounds odd to say a Big Ten team of <laughs> Rutgers. But there's your New York television market, right? Yeah, wait till UCLA gets their first visit from Rutgers. I mean, geez, good grief. That's a long trip. That is just a really long trip. And to expect students to uh, stay and, you know, and both of those are good academic schools. To, so to expect them to stay on top of their grades as well, we're asking more and more of the kids. We sure are. You know, the other part of this, too, is, you know, we, we've already, with, with the playoff and whatnot, we've degraded the bowl system a lot, especially the major bowls. The Rose Bowl comes out of this as a huge loser in my mind. I don't know how this all fl- uh, uh, comes out in the, in the wash, but, you know, they were one of the, the mainstays. And one of the things holding up the, the playoff expansion was the Rose Bowl not wanting to give up that 445 start time on New Year's Day. But now, what's the Rose Bowl even going to look like? Is it still going to keep its affiliation to the Big Ten and the Pac-12? You know, that's a great question. And I think you're exactly right. I think that has been pushed to the back burner a little bit. Um, and it, it will lose some of the prestige. I don't see how you can stay with a four-team playoff if you've got two 20-team mega conferences and you're taking what are the elite, supposedly, out of those conferences – you know, essentially, you okay, anybody that's not in these 40 schools, you have zero chance to play in the college football playoff. You have zero chance to compete for national championship. And that's just so wrong in so yeah. many ways. You know, as far as the Rose Bowl goes, I, I sway between their big loser here and their potentially big winner because they could be in a position to maybe host a national championship game every year between the SEC and the Big Ten. You know, you know who who, who knows how they're going to do it? I I think that they're going to have to expand the play. And I'm I'm for expanding the playoffs. You know, I wouldn't mind seeing. And, again, we go back to how, mon- how many games can we make these student-athletes play. But uh, because – and, yes, they're young men, but the, I've learned from the last five, six years doing the Wake Forest games, the beating that they take. And, even you know, when they're counting hours of rest – and deciding how they're going to travel to get them the most hours of rest for practice yeah. and everything else. It's it, they've got it down to a science and we're just asking so much of these athletes. It, it, and that's the other thing when you get to these, uh, I mean, you, when you start approaching 18 and 20 and 24 teams, how are they possibly going to schedule? I mean, you're going to play teams every three or four years in, in some instances, I would think. Yeah. Uh, that's, I'm glad that's somebody else's problem and not mine. I'm still trying yeah. to figure out the three, five, five. So, <laughs> so you're not. So I guess we'll let's focus on that for a second. You're not a fan of this breaking up of the divisions and the schedule, or is it just the schedule? Well, you know, in in a way, I'm for it because all right, this will be my seventh year doing Wake Forest football, and I have not uh, been to Miami yet. I've not been to Pitt yet for football games. You know, and uh, and I you like to see every school play sure. every school on a more reasonable basis. That's why, if you remember, Michigan or uh, Wake Forest had a home-and-home series with North Carolina that were this non-conference year. games. Yeah. And trying to explain to people, yes, we've been playing them for 80 years or whatever, but this year it's a non-conference game, you know, was just is just crazy. Uh, but that's what you're forced into. And I thought it was a great move on Ron Wellman's part to uh, to get those games scheduled and they were both great games and it was a lot of fun. Larry, if I asked you right now, 
in 2024, get a, a couple of yes or give me some yeses and some noes. In 2024, the Big Ten has 20 teams plus. Yes. The SEC yes. has 20 teams plus. Yes. Is the Big 12 still with us in any shape or form? Or is it going the way of the Big East? I think the Big 12 will stay. I'm sorry, Pac-12. I'm sorry, Pac-12. I think the Pac-12 goes away. Goes away. Big, uh, Big 12 was my next question. Sorry. They will yeah, stay? Big 12 stays. Yes. As, and they will be a quasi-super conference as well. We'll have three of them at yes. least. I haven't got to your I, I think that's yet. the way it'll shake out. And, and I think that and I think that would be the place a Wake Forest would um, be accommodated into. Yeah, and they and they if they're gonna be in a power conference, right? That that's yeah. gonna be their best their best bet. Uh, that's they've, their already best taken, bet. they've already taken West Virginia from this part of the country. So so what about so that brings us to the ACC? Is the ACC gonna be here in twenty twenty four in in the way we know it today? I say no. I say no. And Would not no, be the first time I've been wrong. <laughs> uh, well, I, I think I hope you're wrong. I, I you know the, I don't want these yeah, things to happen, yeah. but because I think it's horrible for college football, what's going on? Is Notre Dame in a conference in 2024? Yes. yes. Is Notre Dame in the Big Ten in 2024? That would be my inclination. That would be my inclination. Yeah. Do we have more than a four-team playoff in 2024? Yes. Yes. Will any teams make it outside of the SEC in the Big Ten? <laughs> well, I sure will. hope so. If there's more than four, I would hope so, too. But Because yeah. this is what's going to really stink. They go to eight teams or 12 teams, and 10 of them are from the SEC in the Big Ten. Well, what's the point? You already played a whole season. Exactly. Right? And you've played, that, you've played that team already that season. Yeah, it's gonna. Stink. You know what happens? What happens if Ohio State, you know, beats Indiana by thirty-five points in the regular season, and somehow that's the only game Indiana loses during the year, and then we get that a rematch? You know, I just there's a lot of bad stuff to come from this. And, and and I keep going back to the rivalries, and and maybe it's you know my generation that has those loyalties and. And likes to see that kind of competition, and that's what takes it to another level. But maybe if you watch it on TV and you're younger, you have a different opinion of the whole thing. You know, doing what I've been doing here for a little while now, and being of the same generation from you as you, I see it the same way. There's us who think the history of the game is important. Whatever game we're talking about, could be professional baseball. The history of the game is important. I really don't feel it's as important to the younger generation. It, they, they think it started when they started paying attention. Yeah. You know, I, well, yeah. And, and I don't think, I don't think that's anything new, yeah. you know, unless, unless you were in our generation and you were a real student of the game, you know, who knew how many, who knew the names of the players from the 1910s, you know, now I happen to be a student of the game. So I, I kind of did a lot of reading about it as I was growing up. But uh, for those that didn't, but it makes uh, it just really makes me laugh when I see these all time great lists and they go all the way back to 2004. I know. <laughs> those are the greatest it, players of all time. I have to shake my head. You're right. Right. Because they, 
the hundred years before that mattered or 130 years before that, if we're talking about baseball mattered. And I am a student of the game like you. I did. When I was a kid, I learned all about this. I told you, in fact, when I had you on my show the first time we, and I interviewed you, um, I told you about a book I read by Rob Nair. I don't know if you remember this story. Yep. But he said that uh, it was it was a, a book of lineups, right? So it was you know all name, all all the gold glove, all iron glove, all you know whatever. And on his all name team for the uh, Milwaukee Brewers, he had Larry Sorensen, and he claimed in there that your parents named you for Frank Larry. The I don't know if you remember me telling you this story, and you debunked the story. So I'm trying to get Rob Nyer on to comment on this forever, and I haven't been able to do it. Well, it's out there in Wikipedia, and everything in Wikipedia is right, right? So well, it's, until it's, I go, it's in the well, internet. It's in the internet. It's right. Wikipedia is right until I go change it later on. So yeah, we <laughs> need history, to talk then. Your history will be what I want it to be. <laughs> Larry, thanks for coming in tonight. We'll you know we'll have you on. Hopefully, I think there's a lot more shoes to drop. Maybe even this summer before we play any football, it's possible. I think that's absolutely right. That it's it's going to happen. Be something will happen before the football season starts, I believe. And, you know, uh, the 21st and the 22nd are the ACC football kickoff meetings, and I can't wait to go down and uh, see the different teams and see what kind of attitude everybody has about uh, the upcoming season, for one, the same things that we just talked about for, an- for another. I'm sure yeah. it'll be a very exciting couple of days. And, uh, you know, I think we're 56 or 55 days away from kickoff, so we can't we are- wait. Is that the, the, the meetings you're going to this month? Yes. It's okay, the good. ACC football kickoff on the good. 21st well, and 22nd of July. Okay. We'll try to get you on the, the Wednesday uh, following those meetings and uh, see what went on and what your takeaway is from uh, what you found out down there. Yeah, I see you've got a picture of Dabo behind you there. I'll, I'll see if I can I talk him into coming on with you one night. And we'll, oh, that'd be awesome. Yeah, and maybe and, – but get Dave Clawson with him, though. I don't want to shortchange Dave Clawson. Dave Clawson is a very, very interesting man. You know, he went to Williams College. He's a very, very interesting guy, cerebral guy. Um, when you talk to him and you ask him why he did something, he's got four different scenarios for you, and he's got four or five reasons for each scenario that he examined, and he'll lay them all out for you. He's a well, smart, smart man. we ever get the opportunity to say, hey, uh, you got uh, 10 free minutes on a Wednesday night, Dave, uh, we'll be happy to accommodate you and him that night. How about that? Sounds like a plan. All right, Larry, thanks for joining us again. We'll talk to you again in a few weeks and maybe after the uh, meetings and see what you find out down there. Always a pleasure, Keith. Thanks for coming in, Larry. Have a great night. You bet. Great Larry Sorensen. You guys, some of you may know him as former professional baseball player, as I do, uh, with the Brewers, Cardinals, Yays, a few other teams. Did make Rob Nyer's book of uh, lineups, as I said, and he incorrectly said his parents named him Larry because they were fans of Frank Larry, the Detroit Tiger pitcher, <laughs> who spelled his name L-A-R-Y, which is incorrect. Anyway, so Larry's had some interesting takes on t- what will happen come 2024. Do you guys agree with some of his comments? I don't really want to talk about viewership and TV ratings right now. I want to know what you think about Larry's prediction that the Pac-12 will be no more. Give me your comments, guys. Here's the questions. So 
get your pencils out and answer these questions, yes or no. Number one, let me write them down so I know what you're answering. Number one, will the Pac-12 exist? Number two, will the Big 12 exist? Number three, will the Big 10 have 20 plus teams? Number four, will the SEC have 20 plus teams? Number five, will the ACC exist as we know it today? Number six, will Notre Dame be in a conference in 2024? Give me your feedback, guys. I want to know what you think. I'm with Larry. Pac-12, no. Big 12, yes, because I think the ACC has lots of problems, and the Big 12 may. If the Big 12 can scoop up Oregon and Washington, as I said, I think they can grab a few teams from the Big 12, and I think the ACC will cease to exist. You're going to see the Miamis, the Florida States. Now, where they go is going to be interesting, because I do see the Big 12 not, or Big 10 wanting to go south. They may want to get into Florida. They went to California. They get into Florida. Their recruiting is crisscrossing the entire country. So don't be surprised to see a Miami or a Florida State get considered for the Big Ten. If they don't, they could be in the SEC. Clemson, I think it's possible Clemson could go Big Ten, but they're a better fit probably for the SEC. But don't be surprised. Big Ten takes a run at them. And then some of those middle schools that we talked about, um, Wake Forest, Big 12 country, right? NC State, maybe Pac, maybe Big 12 country. You're going to see some of these teams gravitate to the uh, ACC, AAC, or, or some of those uh, conferences like that, Virginia. All right, what do we got? We got our first answer here. Yes, yes, yes. So Rick's saying, yes, the Pac-12 exists. Interesting. Yes, the Big 12 exists. No, the Big 12 will not be. Your Big 10 will not be 20 uh, teams. Yes, the SEC will be. Five, the ACC will not exist as we know it. And six, Notre Dame will be in a conference. So Rick's a little bit different than uh, Larry and I, and we've been down this road before. What's the Mad New Yorker got for us? Pac-12 done. Big 12 maybe. It maybe wasn't a choice here, Carlos. Big 10 will grow to combine with the ACC, and the SEC will be 20-plus teams. She didn't tell me about Notre Dame. I guess she did tell me the ACC would be gone. Oh, you're telling me the Big Ten will grow and be part of the eight. So, look, at you're looking at 36 teams probably if the Big Ten. If Big Ten will grow and combine with the ACC and the SEC. So, one conference. If that happens, forget about the Big 12. There ain't going to be one. Notre Dame will wait for a bigger contract. You know what? Notre Dame's going to have trouble with their next negotiations, guys. They're not. Look at Notre Dame got that money 
for their TV contract because they played a very, very good schedule year in and year out. Yes, there would be a cupcakes depending on how good Navy was in a given year. But you knew you were going to get Notre Dame, Michigan. You were going to get Notre Dame, USC. You were going to get you know Notre Dame, Stanford when they were good. Any number of marquee matchups. <laughs> Carlos, with what you just put together there, there's going to be nobody for them to play. And how is this good? How is this good? How is this good for, for college football? How is it good for the East Coast to have to stay up and watch? You know, there are Rutgers fans in the world to have to watch them stay up and watch them play UCLA at 10 o'clock at night on a Saturday. How is it good for Rutgers, which I think it's one of the schools that travels fairly well in the East. They're not going to travel. They could barely travel to the Big East or to the Midwest. Oklahoma is a school that travels pretty well, right, Alan? I don't know if Alan's still with us. Oklahoma is a really good travel school. How many trips do you think those guys are going to make to come to the Southeast Conference to play in Alabama and Georgia and wherever else, whoever else ends up in the SEC before 2024? See Carlos clarifying himself a little bit. The Big Ten will combine with the top ACC teams. Okay. The rest will seep into the SEC. Okay, that makes sense. You didn't say it that way first. I mean, you, it sounded like there would be one conference from all those conferences. That would be a lot. And a new conference of uh, the smaller conferences will grow. Now, maybe. Maybe. But one thing is for sure. College football as we know it is dead, will be dead because the genie's out of the bottle. I can sit here and I can and I can ruminate all night. I can do it on every show I'm on all week long and moan and whine and bitch. And it's not going to change anything. Excuse my French, by the way. The genie's out of the bottle. College football will never be the quaint regional sport that people would tune into from New York to watch USC, Notre Dame, UCLA, USC, UCLA. Well, they'll still play that game. Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. You don't think they do, by the way. They build up these rivalries, and Carlos thinks the only people who care about Oklahoma, Oklahoma State is the people in Oklahoma. I'm here to tell you you're wrong. Who cares? You know, the Red River rivalry. Oklahoma, Nebraska, that one will probably stay the Red, Red River rivalry because they're going to the same conference. It's not a sure thing, though, they'll play every year. Oklahoma, Nebraska, you tell me the only people cared about that were the people out there in the in the Dust Bowl? I don't think so. They didn't put that game on national TV the day after Thanksgiving because nobody wanted to watch it. 
Carlos's uh, leagues that will mold together. They won't be. There won't be very good leagues, though, not to match up with what's being put together. I didn't say college football wouldn't exist, Carlos. My statement was college football as we know it will no longer exist. It doesn't now. It already doesn't. I can get myself on a Saturday afternoon after watching game day. I can get excited about the games that's coming on at 12. I can get excited for the SEC game at 3.30, although it's less so than it will, I have been because the games at, at, at 3.30 have lost something to the games at 8 o'clock. Because we got to have prime time because it's all about money. And if we can't bring in that uh, money, we can't have, uh, you know, all these huge TV contracts. Yes, but, but what you don't seem to get, Carlos, is the matchups are part of what matters to, about college football as I know it. I love the way you want to tell me that what I know know as college football or what I know as whatever sport you and I will disagree on when I say it will cease to exist as I know it and as I enjoy it you don't know what that means to me it, to me it means those rivalries those matchups that I want to see I don't care about USC and Purdue who is gonna care Well, it is what it is. I agree. Those That's just another story. We're not going to go down the Major League Baseball path on this show, but you and I can debate the rivalries, the great rivalries in sports on our Friday show anytime you want. And I'll tell you what sports are hurting because of rivalries that are gone. And you're right. Baseball has lost a lot of great rivalries when they change divisions. Yankees had some great rivalries they lost with Cleveland. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, that was a bad joke, I guess. USC Notre Dame is not the same thing. It's not the same. It's not the same. No, it's not right now because USC's been on a downward trend. But look at historically, again, you gotta stop looking at small sample sizes, Carlos. They didn't start playing this game five years ago. Some of the greatest college football games I have ever seen have been USC against US, uh, USC against Notre Dame. Some of the greatest games I've ever seen. Rick will, will remember some of them. I'll tell you what, game that was a blowout was a great game. I remember no, uh, USC being down 20. I want to say, and I could be off a little bit with the facts, 24 to nothing at halftime to Notre Dame. And Anthony Davis took the second half kickoff back for a touchdown, and USC scored 55 straight points and won 55 24. It was a great game. Right. So, in a small window, USC's stinking it up. So, for this right now, but people still tune in. People still tune into that game. Don't think they don't. It is the same. Yes, it is. Texas and Texas, Oklahoma still. Why do you think it's on national TV every year? Why do you think USC and, and Notre Dame is at 8 o'clock at night now every year? 
because they are still big matchups. People want to watch them. Where'd everybody go? Somebody jump in here and get me away from Carlos for a minute. You know, I don't know. I, I you know what I I didn't get to Larry about was the alliance, uh, the alliance between these uh, the, the ACC, the Big Ten, the, and the Big Twelve that was supposed to keep this thing from happening. Guess it meant nothing to big to uh, USC. I'm sorry to uh, Big Ten. <laughs> I don't know. I'm worn out tonight, though, guys. I've got a bad back. Threw my back out Sunday. Was it Sunday? No, I guess it was Monday. No, it was Sunday after my show. I packed up my gear uh, doing the show outside, and and coming up the, the, the stairs to my office upstairs, I did something. I don't even know where. But by nighttime, I couldn't even sit up. And yesterday was the same way. No one wants to watch Georgia play Georgia Tech. They used to, and just people at Georgia and Georgia Tech do, right? Again, those rivalries aren't just for the viewers everywhere else. They're also for the people in those regions. Georgia Tech, again, they're in a downswing, but only for the last four years. That was a big rivalry for a lot of years. Georgia Tech won their share of games. Let me look at something real quick, just to dispute this. Let me look. I gotta look this up. I know the last few years. Uh, let's see if I can get it quick. I don't know if I can or not. Say something funny, Carlos, while I do this. Let's see if I can get this. Ah, not gonna get it. Can't get it quick enough. Um. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to find it. Anyway, we'll, we'll look at this another time. You know, this is going to be a topic, I think, for the show. Great rivalries. Thank you, Rick. Jeez, good for you. It's how to get old. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Kenny can help you with your pain issues. I know he can. I should have probably reached out to him, but my wife would probably have a fit. But we're on the mend. It's three days, four days tomorrow, and we're finally getting better. I got to go into the office tomorrow and do some heavy lifting, though. So I may not, uh, I may not go. Anyway, guys, I'm I'm talked out. I'm talked out. This topic is really wearing me out. And uh, you know, Carlos and I are never going to agree on the fact that history means something. You heard me talk with with Larry about the history of college football, the history of sports in general, and it's not taken into uh, consideration in anything we do today. It's all about money. Kenny Gifford said it here many, many times. Follow the money. <laughs> well, hi, Carlos. <laughs> you just got home from uh, Mickey World, and you're ready to leave. What happened? To, you're ready to leave New York City. You got uh, a couple minutes. We can talk about your issues at uh, in New York City. Rick, let me ask you a question. Rick, you're still here. Tell me, as a fan of the SEC in Georgia, and Ed Carlos, you can comment too. Do you want to see the SEC with 20 or 24 teams? You're not going to play Alabama every year anymore. 
24 teams is going to lessen your chances of winning the conference. I would think over time, Oklahoma, Nebraska was always a game not to miss. They agree there for 100%. I'm not sure what your yup is for. It can't be for the question I asked, so I'm going to assume you haven't answered me yet, Rick. Do you want to see a super conference in the SEC? Do you think it's good for football, and do you even think it's good for your own conference or your favorite school? Yeah, well, there you go. So Carlos doesn't want to see a super conference. There's a, the first sign of, of reasonable thinking. So was your yup, you want to see 20 or 24 teams? I'm not sure, Rick. Carlos has said no. Larry's not here anymore, by the way. Um, I don't think I'd want to see that. I'll be honest with you, as now a, a quasi-hurricane uh, fan because of marriage, I don't want to see Miami play in the SEC or the Big Ten, which is probably going to happen. I had a hard time. I'm still not over to Big East breaking up. What do you got, Rick? Rick, don't answer my question. Yeah, well, then when they, they'll probably, I think what's going to happen, Carlos, you're going to see the same kind of scheduling, assuming they don't go to, you know, assuming what how big the league gets. You're going to see a similar thing. The divisions go away. They've already talked about it in the SEC. Divisions are going to go away. And I got to get out of here or I'm going to be over on uh, Roku. Divisions will go away. They'll change the schedule. Rick's got his answer in. No, good teams will be, uh, will be so beat up that their bowl games will be worth, won't be worth watching. Good point. Plus, you're going to be seeing the same teams play for championships that you watch play all year long. Got the wrong music on. All right, guys. Keith Angle for TGI Sports Talk. College Football Huddle, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for participating tonight. Great show tonight. We will see you on the flip side. Have a great night. Bye-bye. Northeast Training Sports.